Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. All right, welcome to part two of Short Bus Debate Club Glamorous Prison Movies. Um, well, glamorous might be sarcastic. But since we're talking about the movies, you know, there's all that glamour, glitz, fame, fortune. It used to be that if you wanted to get rich and famous, all you had to do was go to Hollywood. Um, so I'm Brian Courtney. Darren Jolly's across the table as usual. Hi. And, um, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. So we finished out the last episode kind of abruptly i would say um mainly because i was watching the time so why are you watching the time dude you don't need to clock watch now i know i shouldn't do that um so besides american history x none of the other movies that i talked about toward the end there you have you haven't even seen any of them right uh, I haven't seen, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen, uh, American Me, I haven't seen, shit, I hadn't seen fucking Escape from Alcatraz, um, there's another one that we haven't brought up that I, uh, I, w- I wanted to ask you, Is it, have you seen In the Name of the Father? That's the IRA one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because that's got, like, the best actor in the history of the fucking universe in it. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. You don't like him? He's okay. I wouldn't call him the best actor in the fucking history of the universe. There's gangs of New York. Are and you all talking that about? Shit. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. Um, because I was thinking of that dude from Last of the Mohicans. That is. That's Daniel Day Lewis. Okay. Well. You don't like him? No, he's okay. Um, and then the gangs of New York. He was fucking badass, but. And uh, there, there'll be blood. He was awesome in that. Dude, he's a bad mama jamma. Lincoln, he was good in. He's a bad mama jamma, dude. Okay, well, clearly you like Daniel Day Lewis. Um, sorry. No, but most I, of them I haven't seen. Though you're correct, yes. So, and we didn't. I mean, I didn't even think about talking about movies that were over there because there are a couple of different IRA movies where people were imprisoned without trial and that's what i mean in the name of the father right. two guys that are wrongfully imprisoned in association with ira activities yeah but i mean there there's probably more than just a handful i mean considering the region and all of the shit that was happening since mm-hmm. like a 1920 whatever yeah, it's, i mean it's um 1919 whenever it fucking started um so there's probably more than just a couple. And Name of the Father is one of them I can think of. But I I didn't even think about talking think about talking about IRA stuff or CIA black site stuff. I mean, because otherwise I would have mentioned like Zero Dark Thirty. Because that's well, military, CIA, prison. Um 
a lot of the political stuff I stayed away from because that what's the the Great Escape? You know, I mean that's yeah the Japanese internment camp or something like that. And I didn't mention. I think it was. Ah, fuck, I can't even remember. There was one called Siberia, I think, in the 80s. Like the Gulag or something? That was talk- oh, and there was one called Gulag. Yeah. Or maybe it was just called Gulag. But, um, and it was about Americans escaping from, you know, the Siberian prison Gulag. Uh, and having to run through fucking snow for hundreds and hundreds of miles and over mountains and through trees and falling in frozen rivers and whatever. Um, I thought, because we were talking about the prison industrial complex earlier this week, well, maybe that ties into the black sites, and we should talk about Zero Dark Thirty. I didn't think I'd like that movie, and that was pretty good. I've not, I've not seen it. It's another one in the long list of movies that I haven't seen. Well, the redhead from uh, Molly's Game. Yeah. Um, and Ava. She is a CIA agent. Uh, Jessica Chastain. Yeah. And she ends up at one black site at the very fucking beginning, but then she's so just driven by finding Osama bin Laden that she starts visiting these terrorists at all these other fucking black sites all over the world, really. But I know they showed her going to Poland and the black site was in some fucking big-ass boat, and they showed her at Guantanamo Bay. and So is she like some super interrogator then, or what? No, no, not at all. Um, in fact, she kind of got a little sick at the beginning of the movie when um, the one interrogator was doing what it was he was doing, you know, beating the fuck out of the guy, waterboarding So when she's going from black side to black side, is she just going to talk to these people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I mean, because, like, torture as a means of extracting information is not... No, it's it's not effective. Fucking retarded. I mean... I'm going to tell you whatever you want to hear just to stop fucking waterboarding me or whatever it is that you're doing. Quit punching me in the balls and I'll tell you. Just stop. 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 I don't know how much torture I could take. Again, I think at a younger age, I could have taken a lot more. Um, I know that I would never give up anybody that meant something to me. Um, Because I'm... I'm not a fucking rat, and I'm not a hardcore fucking, you know, convict or anything, but I know, dude, there's just, there's supposed to be a code. Whether or not that code exists anymore is irrelevant. To me, the code exists. So I'm not fucking ratting anybody out. When Matt sold that, well, that quarter pound to that cop, when I, like, I told you, I mean, my mom's sitting there and the tears are... You know, mascara and 
again, they're watching too many cop shows, you know. I mean, I'd sat there in the fucking holding cell for two, two and a half hours. And they, you know, they, made, they, made, they took my belt because they don't want me to kill myself. That's all a game, dude. Yeah, stupid. Yeah. So we go out and uh, your mom's looking, you're upset and you're going to go to jail for a long time and whatever, you know. Long story short was they, they said it to me three times and after the third time they said, you can go. And didn't didn't charge me or anything. Dude, they try that stupid shit with pretty much everybody that ends up at the station. But one of my favorite scenes on The Wire, um, there's this kid, his name is Bodie Brodus. And he's he's a corner boy. He slings. Mm-hmm. And is that what they call him in that show? Corner boys? Yeah. Well, I mean, it moves up, but he works the corner. Sure, I got you. Um, but it's essentially an open-air drug market. I mean, you just pull up and tell them what you want. Uh, so they pull him in because they find fingerprints on a gun. And Bodie had tried to throw him off a bridge, but he did it while they were driving. So he didn't realize that it fucking hit a boat. And the guy on the boat turned him into the cops and whatever. So they had his fingerprints, or they said they had his fingerprints on one of the guns. And he's like, really? Huh. Which one? (laughs) And the cop's like, that one. That's you right there. And he goes, lawyer, motherfucker. (laughs) 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 So... It's just, I mean, they they play those fucking head games constantly, and it, it makes me fucking sick. I think, okay, w- we can probably talk about this another time with police procedure and everything else, uh-huh. but in the United States, there's no law against a cop lying to you. So that means they can tell you. Your friend just copped to the entire fucking thing and put you in. Yeah, anything that will allow them to entrap you in a... I've got six fucking eyewitnesses. I've got fingerprints. I've got whatever. Mm -hmm. DNA, whatever horseshit. And then that's designed to make you go, all right. Well, you know, if if you tell the DA I fucking admitted it, I'll, I'll open up to you and write all my shit down and sign it. Dude, it's wrong. But in in true detective Matthew McConaughey's skill set with regards to this was particularly. No, I liked it when he went and told her, "They don't like girls like you in prison. You should kill yourself." yourself. (laughs) Holy fuck! (laughs) A realist pessimist or something. I don't know what he called himself. Fucking and that's that's it. That's a. a prison show because there's a lot of people in prison or going to going prison to for sure. Um, yeah. But like I said, I mean, second, third seasons of that, not so great, but HBO never made a bad show. Okay. So we're going to, I'm going to use the HBO things. I know we got to get to the trauma stuff more specifically here shortly, but First, well, we don't have to. We're supposed to be light. I know, I know, I know. But, but trauma as a concept in prison films is pretty 
you know, it's there. Um, but I've never watched Oz, and I know you loved Oz. I mean, that you you want you're you're that's a show that I mean, I never watched Orange is the New Black either, you know. But these are these are shows that are about the structure of life inside prison only. So I will admit to watching both mm -hmm. from front to back. Uh -huh. Um I didn't watch Orange is the New Black at first. And, and at first, I didn't even know what the fuck anybody was talking about. I thought, seriously, when I heard it on the streets, hearing girls talking about it and shit, that they were talking about fucking fashion. Like, they were going to buy an orange dress because it was the new black. I thought it was something fucking stupid like that. I didn't even realize it was a fucking show. So I watch it, and much different than Oz. Um, the same dude that did Weeds did Orange is the New Black. Huh. Genji Kohan or whatever. So he, wants, he likes strong female leads. I mean. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. Uh -huh. um, there were definitely some things I didn't like about the show. And to be honest, I can't remember what the fuck they are. But it was mostly procedural stuff. It was, you know, they're not going to let that many girls stand there for that long without breaking them up. They're not going to let any one girl walk through this portal without being checked. They're not going to leave that gate open. That kind of shit. Um, yeah, just because it's a, it was supposed to be a prison show, not a fucking lesbian love story. And it ended up being... More of one than the other. Okay. Which I guess you could say yeah, that about yeah. Oz to it's, some degree that it ended up being some sort of queer fucking love story. But and, and, and interpersonal relationships in, in the context of uh, prisons is an important question. Yes. Okay, so and maybe they did that in both. So in Oz, um Christopher Maloney who kind of blew up after, and Al, oh, what? let's see, his name was Vern Schillinger in the show, fuck, I don't know, both of them ended up on Law & Order SVU, um, Vern Schillinger ended up uh, playing the sh one of the shrinks, and Christopher Maloney played the cop. I don't know how watching Law & Order SVU is good for anybody's mental Ahead, no, sorry. but those Law & Order guys really love the fucking cast from Oz because they fucking dipped into they that pool in. a lot. Um, so... Vern Challenger, did you say? Yep. Oh, J.K. Simmons, okay. Okay, so he was the, the leader of the Aryan Brotherhood, and Christopher Maloney came in later, but he ended up befriending this guy that Vern Schillinger had fucking tortured. And after he got tortured, that guy fucked Vern Schillinger up mm -hmm. and like shit on his face and all kinds of stuff. Oh. They booted him out of the brotherhood for a while because <laughs> this little, what they called Prague, had shit on his face and <laughs> fucked him up. Um, made him wear a patch on his face or on his eye the rest of the, because he had the series. The worst case pink eye that ever was? Well, no, because. Before he fucked him up, he shattered some glass and it went in his eye and whatever. So 
he shit on his face later. The pink eye thing would have been funny though. I mean, <laughs> and probably happened. Yeah. Yeah. If you get a turd in your eye, you're gonna get you're gonna get pink eye. Um. So Christopher Maloney comes in, and his job because he knows Vern from another prison earlier in their life. Uh-huh. So his job is to you know build trust with this guy Toby, and then they're gonna fuck him over. And they really go to fucking him over. I mean, he gets the trust built. And then between this one guard, Vern, and Christopher Maloney, they break both his arms, both of his legs, and just fuck him. I mean, he ends up getting revenge. But that entire rest, because I think that happened in, like, season three, maybe. Uh, that's hard to say because like season one had six, season two had eight, season three had twelve or fourteen or some shit. It, so they it didn't. Lists, it lists as six. Okay. okay, so six is fine, but they're not all. It's not the same yeah. number per okay. season. Okay. <laughs> but so for the rest of the series, that Toby and whoever the fuck Christopher Maloney plays, they are basically on-again, off-again lovers. And that's similar to what happens in Orange is the New Black because this blonde chick, Piper, that gets thrown in jail, her ex-girlfriend shows up, and she's the one that turned her in. Um, so there's some animosity there, and so they don't talk, they don't talk, they argue a little bit, um, they end up much in each other's box, is, and then, you know, they're back together, and then they're off again, and then on again, and off again, and on again, so... It's not box eye. No, it's pusses. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been better if I popped it a little quicker, but hey, what the fuck are you gonna do? Pusai. So, there, but there was. So there, there are some similarities, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, I liked Oz better because they made it a point that it wasn't just a drama. So, um, and I forget his name too, the black dude who played in the Matrix. Um, Lawrence Fishburne. The other yeah, one. The, the one. One of the brothers? Yeah. Not Tank. Um, but the one who came in in the second one. Oh, his, uh, um, his, his, they're cousins to that guy. His, the one that's, uh, I can't remember what his name is in real life. Well, anyway, that guy, during the entire series, was kind of the narrator. And from time to time, he would give information that was important, fucking valuable information. And and like I said, when we were talking about the prison industrial complex, most of those stats have probably expired. But one of the things that hasn't 
that they taught me while I was watching Oz mm -hmm. that I, I didn't realize. So I knew felons can't vote. But what I didn't realize is that traditionally they always built prisons in rural areas. And I knew that also. What I didn't know is that these prisoners that are coming from the inner city go out to these fucking other areas. Yeah, it's Harold Perrineau. Okay. Um, they go out to these rural areas. And then when the census comes through, they count those prisoners as part of the county or city that that prison is in. So that county, even though it may only have 35 fucking people in it, gets this bloated fucking budget for social welfare and school or, you know, however they end up chopping that money up. They're running a game on people that aren't going to fuck with them. Right. And so not only these people can't vote, so they can't say, hey, fuck you, this crime bill is bullshit. So at that point, I mean, it's more productive for the politicians to leave them in jail and it's definitely more you want to say financially efficient for the counties to leave those people where they are because they're making money off of them because it counts towards the census and I don't know what they get per person but so we're taking money out of this the city center where education and you social programs you need the fucking money could help drop crime uh -huh. and we're moving it out to the fucking county where they don't need shit it doesn't do anything well it, somebody it does something for somebody but yeah. it's not something that's it's hurt you're hurting somebody else or and, some other community and so i didn't realize until watching oz and th there's lots of other valuable information that probably isn't expired in the show so if you haven't seen it watch it um, but it's a scary motherfucker too. Um, but they're, they're just, you know, fucking poor people over one more time. And I'm, I'm not saying poor people don't live in rural areas. There are a lot of fucking poor people in rural areas, but well, hopefully you guys get the point. If not change the fucking channel cause you're a retard. <laughs> I just watched Tommy Boy the other night. I've never seen Tommy Boy, dude. It's not a prison movie, by the way. <laughs> but that means that's that's key. That's for we're off topic. Topic, okay. David Spade <laughs> and Chris Farley get on this plane at the end, and they're pretending to be flight attendants. And David Spade is doing the announcements, and he's like. There's emergency exits here, and maybe there's one over the wing, and Chris Farley's just pointing to random places because he doesn't know where to point because yeah, David Spade's... That old slapstick thing that he was very good at. And he goes, well, and seatbelts. And he goes, ah, if you don't know how to use your seatbelt, ring your call button, and Tommy Boy will come back and hit you in the head with the tack hammer because you are a retard. <laughs> so... It was not the preferred nomenclature there either. No, but it was fucking hysterical, and it still makes me laugh. Yeah, sometimes you got to hit somebody with a tack hammer because they don't know how to put their seatbelt on. 
But what do you do with a person that doesn't know how to put their seatbelt on? I don't know. Put them in prison and float a fucking county budget. <laughs> so, uh, and orange is the new black. There are valuable life lessons that you can get from there that don't just have to do with prison, but help you to understand. No, orange is the new black. I don't have any okay, valuable life odds. lessons. Only no, no, only yeah. That'll teach you about uh, censuses and how they are fucked up in the way that they uh, are applied with regards to how they count prisoners in specific locales. Well, and there's other stuff. I think that even, even, if, even if the stats aren't still accurate, it should pique your fucking interest enough to get you to do some research on your own. But like I said, Oz is a scary motherfucker. Like, You mean like what life is like in prison? Or Yeah. It fucking, it seriously, even to this day, I'm still kind of freaked out by it. And like, you know, I've been in sales. I, I sold the Department of Corrections switches forever until they switched to Cisco only. Uh-huh. And every time I talk to somebody down there, I'm like, hey, you know, is it really like Oz? And I'm like, no, it's not like that at all. <laughs> so obviously they, they stretched it to some degree, but it's still like that. I well, mean, it depends on where you're at, right? I mean, like what goes on in American history X to him, like the California penal system, I would imagine like Rikers at like the New York penal system. I would imagine like the Illinois penal system. Like there are spaces that are carved out. The political economies inside of those places is a lot, you know, so like what when you see like uh what the fuck is uh uh ed norton's character's name in american history x um danny danny yeah no danny's the danny's little one. brother yeah uh-huh um whatever his fucking name is and we'll figure out here in just a second yeah when uh he turns his back on the aryan brotherhood especially when he's got fucking tattoos of swastikas and fucking iron crosses all over his body and shit like that um he pays a fucking price for that. He does, but honestly, and Derek. people people are going to say that I'm saying this for the wrong reasons. Uh-huh. So, based on what you just said, when he turns his back on the, the Aryan Brotherhood, everybody's like, yay, yay, Derek did the right thing. Well, they might, if they haven't seen the movie, think that the reason he turned his back was because he realized what was going on the was error, wrong. The error of his ways, yeah. And that wasn't the case. Happened. No. He turned his back because they were fucking dealing drugs with Mexicans and the Mexicans were selling it to more whites. Which meant and... that they weren't being true to what they were projecting as their convictions and he thought they were a bunch of hypocrites. Absolutely. And that's why he said, fuck you. And yeah. I think I would have done the same thing. Black, white, brown, doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. If you tell me... Like, if you're a dumb shit that has a big fucking tattoo that says brown pride on your back and, you know, Mexicans are the only ones and whatever, we're not dealing with you fucking... This is or that. Yeah. Then you see somebody doing it, yeah. you're, doing not, it you're not really you're worth your salt. Right. Or even okay. laughing and joking with them. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And, and I know 
that that's the way people in prison systems want to keep it that that segregation yeah everybody's in your you're in your own group but when it comes to commerce then commerce happens well not necessarily the commerce part i was just thinking you know we want to keep the white people over here we want to keep the black people over here mexicans are here but i think it's fair to say if somebody's going to make money and you have to go through this river this this tribe then you're going to well, I think more with the prison systems, it's like, because most of them are selling drugs uh-huh. or cigarettes or toilet wine, yep. whatever, right? Whatever. Yeah. All of those things keep you satiated. You're not wound up. Yeah, you don't. You don't make them become Puritans because if you make them become Puritans, then people are going to kill each other. So if you're selling all of that stuff, especially fucking heroin, uh-huh. then you don't have to worry about fucking riots as much. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of fucking junkies that are gonna fucking. <laughs> but that so, but that means burning down the prison unless. You get rid of the heroin. By that token, and this is just conjecture, but my guess is, so this person is part of this white group, right? And they need to get some junk so that they can get other junk for other people in the white group. You don't cross-pollinate when you're selling. You know, you sell your own kind. Like, what? I mean, in my experience when I was a kid, that's why we didn't get fucked up by the people that we were living down the street from because we didn't try to... We, we, we sold to the people that were tied to our past. We didn't sell. Well, you didn't, you didn't, you else. didn't sell on their turf, yeah. which was different. We were selling on their turf. We well, no, people were coming to you. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying though. We had our external. Right. You're not yeah, selling to their yeah, customer, we had our base. customer base. They had their customer base and we did not try to penetrate their customer base. Right. Wouldn't you think it'd be the same in the, in, I mean, I, of course, this is all just a guess for me and you anyway. But. Yeah, I don't know. From what I've understood mm-hmm. is that certain groups, depending on where you are in the country, uh-huh. are going to control heroin. Uh-huh. And then another group might control coke. coke. Okay. Um, it's rarely both from what I understand, but it probably is. So Depending on some, where you are. Some yeah, and again, so the Aryan Brotherhood, according to gang books and shit that I've read, mm-hmm. movies I've watched, documentaries, not not just movies like American History X, the Aryan Brotherhood is partnered with. And has done hits for La Eme. So I think that they realized somewhere that Eme is bringing heroin over. So if we want heroin to sell outside of the prison walls, we need to make friends. And then we're just going to kick them a percentage of whatever it is we're, we're selling. 
And I could have it wrong. It might be in Nuestra. That's, that's got to be kind of an interesting thing, because then what you're suggesting there is the political economy that functions outside of the prisons in relation to these gangs has a direct connection to the political economy that functions inside the prison. They as it relates to absolutely do. So especially in California, right? And I don't want to make it sound like California is where it all started, because there were gangs before. But somehow... I can't quite trace it. M.A. is Southern California. M.A. hated Nuestra Familia, which is Northern California. So now with the, here in, like, say, the Colorado area, um, there are blood gangs that are, make sure I got that right, I think, Either way, one of them are Norteños and one of them are Sureños. Mm -hmm. Now these, they're not MA blood, like American Mayor, blood in, blood out, right? Mm -hmm. But they are associates. So the Norteños work with Nuestra and the Sureños work with MA. And that has gone from California clear the fuck to here and I've heard about it happening in New York Chicago as far as the Latin gangs I know they've got the five Latin kings is the big one and you know there's some breakoffs and breakaways and whatever but it it translates from in to out and this doesn't have shit to do with movies. I just want to mention it <laughs> because you and I were talking about it earlier. So, well, maybe it does. So I was watching Narcos Mexico. Um, obviously, you guys know Chapo Guzman was arrested. He is here in Florence, Colorado at the Supermax. So Narcos Mexico... I think did a good fucking job of portraying what happened. I mean, they showed the power vacuum after Escobar went away and then after the Cali cartel went away uh -huh. and then how all of the different fucking cartels within Mexico started fighting over roots and drugs and whatever. So Chapo Guzman gets arrested. He's at Florence. But he's worth billions of dollars. I mean, he made the fucking Forbes list. And he's just in the can. So this guy down in Florence, who's supposed to bring him his food or make him take a fucking shower or whatever guards do, does he really have any juice over Chapo? Or is he... Fucked. I mean, it, because he's constantly worried about them killing his kids or peeling the skin off his fucking face, whatever yeah, nasty those, shit those they want to do. Those cartels are very imaginative when it comes to trying to communicate something to somebody that they want to understand what the meaning of it is. So, I mean, as far as shows and relating to real life and transnational capital, I mean... <laughs> 
granted it's illegal transmit that's that is an expression that is i mean that's important it's important to understand that these things they're not based in one specific you know municipality they're not in one nation state they're not in one i mean that doesn't mean that there's fluidity but just because you put this guy like the networks that are tied to him, his son just got um arrested, arrested. too yeah uh-huh but even still like he was doing what he was doing and you're gonna put him away too they flew him they flew him here didn't they that was the last thing i heard i don't know i i i'm not sure you, i just because you, you stay up on the media so much yeah i forget your media is narcos well so back in 2011 you know those and i apologize to the listeners that aren't here in the the vicinity but remember those shitty apartments over on bellevue and remember when they said well it's the mexican mafia somebody kicked in the door and killed two people and right the ones right above the park credit that's where you see my asset not the white one though the ones right below the white one okay to the the white to the west yeah the white ones were fucking drug central you yeah. could go to one level for one drug and we got the fascist pigs and the fucking barrel of monkeys and yeah that was a hundred years ago that was so. a great fucking building um <laughs> but i know people that were fucking scared of the people that got shot in that apartment and what was that 2009 2010 anyway they were scared of those guys, and they were fucking clear down at the fucking bottom of the ladder. So just imagine how many rungs you have to climb to get to fucking Chapo, and how fucking scary he would be compared to some dipshits in a fucking shitty apartment. And I'm sure if they hear me calling them dipshits, they're going to be like, fuck you, except they're dead. But. Sorry. Dead air. I can't. That's what we call that. I can't, I can't help but keep doing research sometimes. Were you looking up Chapo? I was looking up his son. Oh, okay. I was looking up to see what happened. Yeah, El Chapo, son, uh, the arrest, January 13, 2023. Yep. So there was a fucking gunfight that was going on. I think there was a uh, um, at the at the airport. I don't know if it was in Mexico City or where he was flying from, but there was a gunfight at the fucking airport while he was flying away. And then when he landed, I don't know if he got arrested on the plane. They were trying to stop him from being arrested, I think. And I think when he was on the plane, he was getting arrested. Something to that effect. But whatever. He he was arrested again it's, this year. It's crazy, dude. And so again. I know I harp on this all the fucking time. I did it in the prostitution one. I did it in the last one. If you don't want to make guys like that and his dipshit offspring powerful, make it legal. I mean, is there another answer? Well, I mean, you know, you know that I don't. No, I don't no. I mean, it. but seriously, in theory. It depends we can't your, burn it all. It depends on what your intention is, you know? I mean, if your intentions are good, then the answer is to make it legal. If your intentions are to continue to use the drug way, war is 
you know, using money to fight, you know, black bag operations, finance black bag operations around the world, or to be able to move power structures in places like Afghanistan, you know, where the triangle, the what, the triangle, what's that? What, how do you, what do you say? Where Which the, triangle? The heroin one, the, isn't it? Well, so there's down in Mexico, they've got what they call the golden triangle. Uh-huh. Which is basically, I think Sinaloa's on one corner. Uh-huh. Um, ah, fuck. Anyway, there's three points. I can't remember which one, but it all started in Sinaloa, and it was kind of, at least initially, started with wheat. Uh-huh. Um, but you're talking about in Asia with heroin, Southeast right? Asia, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we use these things. We, the royal we, that means the we that's not me and Brian we. It's not this Nuestra. It's the, the big the big Nuestra. <laughs> they use it as a way to finance things. I mean, it was Mr. Ron Contra. That it was, it's it's something that sort of functioned. And I mean, it's like the, like they're talking about putting together a new church committee, like the Republicans were when they won the um, the House this last time. I mean, you think about what what happened in the church committee in the 1970s, where there were a lot of things that were exposed about what intelligence agents were, agencies were doing. But again, even then, I'm sure it was to a certain extent, and there was still a lot of shit that was blacked out, you know, whatever they call that, what is it, when they put a line through. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Redacted. Redacted, yeah, there's a bunch of shit that's redacted. Um, we're going, you know, I, I just, I, I think that trying to have a church committee in this uh, space and time is the... Uh, the epitome of hilarious like when i like I, the people that i listen to i mean they, they like they talk about elections in the church committee and talking shit about you know the way that the cia and the home, homeland security and the fbi were using twitter i mean it's always too little too late right now i mean the damage is you're, you're always like 16 steps behind and what you what you're what you find out about is only what you're shown so it's only what you're allowing to be seen okay so then I mean, because the money would still be there if we legalized it, right? Because now people are paying taxes on whatever it is they're buying. And I have a guess that a lot more people would be going to buy it if it were legal and not illegal. Because it fucks me up to think, but people don't actually, there are some people that don't buy drugs because they're illegal not because they don't want to use them so i think more people would be buying them so there would be more money to finance little police actions to fucking south america or southeast asia or wherever but do you think that they like to use illegal drugs because of the slush fund thing and that it's not on a budget. Yeah, you, I mean, you're literally like, if you eliminate the drug trade in the way that it functions today, and this obviously we're gonna have to go into a lot more next week. But if you eliminate the drug trade in the way that it functions today, you have to change the whole structure of current the way that our intelligence agencies function because they function in relation to it. You have to change. You're you're transforming the political economy of Afghanistan, of Mexico, of of all of Central America, of Colombia, you know, these places are going to have to become drastically different. And like what you're doing is basically, it's like, it's like you're you're taking the, the, the thing that's between us and the the people and you're, you're removing it entirely. Like we don't know how to function in an honest environment like that, but that's what you're, you know, sensibly that's what you're suggesting at that point in time is we start to make moves towards 
and then like you're saying military actions would then become they would they wouldn't be like these these goofy prima facie military actions they would become rooted in something like like we were all so proud of what we succeeded at in world war ii you know i mean we haven't done anything militarily since then you know that we That's could identify as being concrete, concretely powerful. And I mean killing Osama bin Laden too, because that could have been fucking avoided. That could have been fucking avoided. We could have done things totally different in the late 80s when it came to Afghanistan foreign policy. It also may have never happened. I mean, depending if you believe the media and okay. Zero Dark Thirty and whatever. But Oh, that bin Laden actually wasn't killed. Right. Yeah. I mean, but that's that's my point exactly, though. Is, is the that, propaganda? Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, everybody's. We're not like I. I'll make jokes at work when people say I'm, I'm at least a healthy skeptic, healthy skeptic, if not a you know a, a sick cynic. You know, I mean, like this is the world we live in. You know, if you're not skeptical, then you're an idiot. But if you you at least have to be cynical because all of the systems that are functioning. Again, it's like it's like the the curtain. You know, you you don't even know when you're. It's like the Matrix, like where you, no, it's more like thirteenth floor where you see something, but you don't even know if you're seeing the highest level to where you're actually like engaging in truth. You know, everything has been bullshitted on so many different levels at this this point that we don't even know we don't even know how to be honest with regards to how we construct domestic policy, foreign, foreign policy, markets, you know, drug, I mean, decriminalized drugs, you know? Well, so obviously if we legalize drugs, you have to get rid of the DEA. I mean, there's no point to them anymore. We, we should talk more about this next week. Sorry. We should talk about prisons a little bit more. Okay. I don't mean to cut you off. No, it's fine, dude. I mean, I know that we're on prisons, but I just, it still just fucking irritates the shit out of me because, I mean, he really is down there and he's got so much juice because of the fact that he was selling, selling heroin from fucking, well, as the number one from fucking, like, what, 98 to fucking when he was arrested? Mm -hmm. Again, he made the fucking Forbes list. Yeah. I know. Okay, so where um so we talked about American History X. Um we talked about Oz and Orange is the New Black. You, you should talk about American Me a little bit and uh and Blood and Blood Out and kind of like what, what those kind of like showed us about the emergence of certain power structures inside and outside gangs inside and outside of those prisons maybe a little bit i mean i know we're talking about that some but. well so the both movies and i think i don't know i think blood in blood out i i think they were written by two different people or teams whatever but i think they were basically the same fucking story it was about this one mexican kid who had like a white kid who was his friend um right um they uh or maybe one of them was supposed to be just in spanish and i i don't fucking know they were basically the same fucking movie so was american me is i mean i remember blood and blood it was almost three hours long it was a long, it was long. Fucking movie. yeah yeah they were both long um and i think american me might have gone a little more into the side once they got into prison and how they branched out mm -hmm. as much as they did. But again, they were essentially the same. 
So young kid is probably 15, 16 years old, Mexican. He gets arrested and sent to juvie. Um, in juvie, he starts getting raped his first night in. So he fucking gets a fucking knife and goes and fucking kills that guy. And like from that moment on, everybody there was not only scared of him, but they appreciated him for killing the rapist because apparently all of them had been raped. Um, pretty soon, white kid ends up in juvie with him. Buddy. Yeah. Okay. Um, they play handball, basketball, whatever. Pretty soon, they reach age and they're transferred to the okay. actual adult prison. prison. Okay. Um, County, state, federal. Third state. Okay. I think they first landed in San Quentin. Okay if I remember it correctly. Um, so they started getting too big and too powerful within the prison they were in, whether it was San Quentin or any of the other yeah. fucking 2000, and that's an exaggeration, prisons in California. They started getting too powerful. Um, so in all their infinite wisdom, they decided to break them up. So they took at least the top tier of leadership, if not two or three tiers. Again, it's a movie. I don't know how yeah, accurate it is. Know. Yeah, it's hard to know. And you're not going to, yeah, that stuff's not put in the history book, oddly enough. <laughs> so they broke up the prison gang and they sent them to other prisons. But before they, they left, dude, same guy that got raped in juvie said, hey, they don't understand. They think that they're making us weaker, but really they're making us stronger. Yeah, because we're spreading it out. Yeah. So you guys need to recruit everybody with brown skin. You need to recruit and bring them with us everywhere. So this went on and they got more and more powerful throughout the California penal system. Mm -hmm. But then these fucking farmer guys start getting arrested up in Northern California and they end up kind of drifting down into Central California, like Fresno, whatever. Uh -huh. And MA takes offense to it, says, hey, you know, fuck you. You're, one, you're in our prison. Two, you can't have your own, what do they call them? Clica. Um, Gang, essentially. Right. Um, and so that's where they kind of, so from like the late 60s, early 70s, up until, you know, the late 80s, they showed this progression of the growth of MA and the birth of Nuestra Familia and how they kind of clash against each other and what that meant to all of the violence that spread throughout California and then the Southwest and all over.
Huh. I think I need to. I really think I need to watch American Me. And maybe if I do it, I'll go back and watch Old Vatos Locos Forever Homes. How did he take? So did his leg really get taken off, or was that just part of the story? No, he was missing the leg in in both movies. Okay. I just, um, I, I just remember because you're I, talking about the white guy, right? Is that the one? But he was he wasn't just white. He was, he was a half and half, wasn't he? Maybe I don't know. I, I just half and half. I, I almost remember like that being a part of it. I swear they called him Wero, but yeah, well, they called me Wero too. Yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a Wero. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I I don't know. Again, they don't tell say at the beginning of the story. By the way, white guy was half Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> this is the family tree. The guy who played a white guy was not white at all. He used to be half and half, but once he got his leg cut off, he was more 60 40. <laughs> God damn it, we're retarded. Yeah. That was not a nice thing to see the fuck up. But I, I love you guys. I love the way that you guys are so tight with each other. I just wish that you could take it to a different level. That's all I'm saying. Well, and again, they weren't that fucking tight at the end because, you know, he started having doubts. So he got paroled also. And he met this chick. And she tried to turn him around, you know, and, you know, show him the error of his ways because he had been. Yoko Ono? Kind of. Except it was a Mexican Yoko Ono. Um, but she, you know, I mean, he had been in since he was 15, 16. So he gets out and he's fucking 35, 40. He'd been in a long time. And they finally ended up hooking up. But he couldn't do it until he flipped her over and fucked her in the ass. And that was like where she was like, you know, we, we can't hang out anymore. We're done. So he went back in. I can't remember what his parole violation was, but he went back in and he ended up writing her a letter saying, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I know I, you're right. I really am sorry about anal penetration. No, not that just everything in general. But probably that too. That was where shit came to a head. <laughs> that was fucking funny, dude. Come on. I fucking laughed. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Um, totally inappropriate too, but fuck it was it was funny. So they ended up fucking stabbing him a whole bunch of times and throwing him off of the third tier when he went back to prison because the white guy noticed he was getting soft because of this chick. And then he went back in and he told him, you need to clean him up, take him out. They stabbed him, like I said, a whole bunch of times and fucking threw him off the third tier. And that was that. That was it. All done. So the widow was calling the shots then, huh? At that point. At least on the outside. And then he talked to whoever on the inside. But, but that, I mean, that's where that shit gets so complicated. Because you really, like, I don't, I, I don't even know that I want to understand all of it. You know, just for their own 
protection, but it is odd to think about the way that these those structures are they're all part of the same thing. I mean, I don't know if you can. I don't even know if people that are in it understand it. Um, yeah, they honeycomb that shit too. Yeah, I mean, and and for the longest time, so many of these prison gangs or just gangs in general would fucking, you know, throw tattoos on or wear certain colors, whatever, so that you could fucking identify who they were with. And that never made any sense to me. I'm like, what? if you wanted to avoid your enemies or the police or anyone, why would you put a big fucking sign on your head that just never made sense to me? Well, you'll have to ask them that question someday because they're pretty smart about the way they were criminals. I have to assume that there was... Well, no, so they've they've backed off of it a lot. Like now, the flag concept. Yeah, yeah. You you do not do that. The all of the the shit that was in writing before, because lots of them had fucking like tenets to being part of this whatever. They got rid of all of that shit because they realized that the flag. easier they're identified, the easier they're getting thrown in. Right. Yada, yada, yada. Throw a fucking 13 on your fucking chest. And that, and that means infiltrate whether it's the state or a rival gang. I mean, anybody that would want to. Or an 8-8. Eight, eight. Ocho, ocho. Ocho, ocho. And strangely enough, that's fucking white supremacy, dude. And they thought that they were coding that. So you don't have to be a fucking brilliant code breaker to realize that 8 means H and H, which is, you know. Yeah, Heil, yeah. Not Heil, hi. Hi, Al. (laughs) (laughs) So they tried to do stupid shit like that. I mean, I think it got kind of confusing because I think white supremacists wear 13 also, and then MS-13 came in and started wearing it, but. Whatever. So prisons helped spread gangs to a large degree. So here's another movie I never talked about. Um, And it wasn't great, but it kind of illustrates a different type of movie. So it was called Shot Caller. And Shot Caller had... um, What's his name from Game of Thrones? Uh, he had the he ended up with uh, the Lannister dude that ended up with the golden hand because he lost. You're talking about Jamie, but I don't Jamie know Lannister. Name in real life. No, that's fine. So, but Jamie Lannister, not Jamie Lannister, but the actor who played Jamie Lannister played in this movie called Shot Caller, and he uh, was a fucking banker investment banker and he and his wife and his friend and his wife it doesn't matter um all went out drinking one night and they're driving fucking around Nikolai Coaster Waldo yep that's him I'd just call him Jamie Lannister 
You're not really who you are in real life. Um, You're just the gold-handed guy. They get in a huge fucking car accident, mm -hmm. and the friend dies. Mm -hmm. So he gets arrested for fucking manslaughter or whatever, ends up going in. And, of course, since he's white, all of the fucking white guys glom on to him, and they say, you know, look, here, you, it's tribal. You got to stick to your own. Um, but you can't just hang out with us. You got to put in work. And so he starts fucking smuggling drugs in his ass and doing all kinds of crazy shit. And then he ends up killing somebody, and then he kills another person in a riot. But this time he's caught on camera. So he gets more time added, more time added, more time added. But he's working his way up the ladder, and I think they called it the Aryan Nation in the movie. Um, so he works his way all the way up, and he finally says, you know, I'm, I'm done with this shit. And this guy who was basically the head of the Aryan Nation says, fuck you, you're not done. You don't, this isn't a fucking job. You can't retire. Um, and he says, no, I'm done. And he said, okay, well, remember that wife of yours? You remember your kid? Just know that that we know where they they are too and we can send somebody real easily His to, wife's to name visit them played by lake bell see i know who lake bell is and that's easy to pronounce um so he ends up getting in a scrap and this kind of goes back to like the chapo thing dude so this fucking security guard is ordered to bring this this guy Jamie Lannister out to the cage because they're in like a secure, secured housing unit so they can't really hang out but they've got to have yard time so they put him in these cages so he's ordered to bring these this guy out to talk to the beast and he ends up locking the security guard in his cage and then he goes and unlocks the beast and he had smuggled a fucking razor blade up his ass because he knew he was going back in. So he pulled it out of his mouth. I know I said his ass, but that's where he smuggled it into prison. But he knew he was going out in the yard, so he had it in his well, mouth. He had to clean it out after he got it all shitty. Right. <laughs> and he fucking slid his carotid. And, I mean, it was a mean fucking fight. But, so... That was a dude in the Aryan Nation that wasn't even worth as much as Chapo or moving nearly as much of anything. And he had that much juice in in the California penal system. Again, not a true story. That one was fiction, but it was a newer well, movie. Well, how it comes to me, it looks like, because he was just a normal person that got into an accident. Right, and that's kind of why I mentioned it. He just ends up in prison, and then, yeah, like, he gets segregated to where he gets segregated and then starts to do what he needs to do to survive and once he gets out he's forced to continue on with that life because inside is no different than outside at that point right it's fucked up super fucking fucked up this is a pretty good movie though i was actually kind of surprised that it was as good as it was yeah it, it looked it looked stupid when i started looking at it but then the way that they framed it looks uh I don't know, revealing, at least on some level. Well, I think that there are a lot of those. I mean, because 
I think Kevin Bacon was in a prison movie where he was basically just a regular guy. Well, not not sleepers. I know. He was in JFK. Where he was just a regular guy who ended up fucking getting arrested for some reason or another. Um, he was a, pro- a prostitute in a prison in JFK. Yeah. A male prostitute. Well, he was a male prostitute outside of prison, too. He was a male prostitute outside of prison, too. That is correct. Um, so, I mean, and and we haven't come anywhere near touching the prison movies that are out there. I mean, Cool Hand Luke is supposed to be one of That's them. That's a really good one. I, I need watch. to watch that. Yeah. Um, there, there are shitloads of them, but all of them, to one degree or another, illustrate how fucked up the prison system is, including Idiocracy and My Cousin Vinny. I, but I, I, and I know I hit on it, but we didn't ever really talk about it in depth. Dude, Shawshank Redemption is probably my favorite film of all time. Like, I just, like, the way that he goes through the process of, of becoming what he became, how he, be, and how him and Red, he and Red end up becoming friends, about how they deal with the concept of hopelessness in the face of like never being able to see any possible good coming out of anything. Um, the when Red says, uh, after Andy breaks out, you know, he talked, he says, geology, it, it, it's a reflection of his meticulous, le- uh, his meticulous nature, uh, because geology is about the study of pressure and time, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't come up with a better. Uh, metaphor for how you would have to approach the strategy that Andy approached. What's breaking the wall? Um, yeah, I mean, just like one. I still don't understand how he broke the pipe, but that's neither here nor there. You know, and then he climbed through 500 yards of shit to freedom, you know. So but, vile. Yeah, well, it would make a billy goat puke. Yeah, and it was it was it was private prisons before private prisons exist. You know, I mean, he had this surplus of labor available to him it wasn't private prisons i thought that was a state prison it is a state prison but the 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 warden realizes that he can make money off of them as a private individual so it's it's the application of a of a premise of private prisons before private prisons existed. so you mean bidding on those jobs the way that he did it yeah and uh like then using and then the criminality of it Making when they figured out what bribes, andy figured out what andy, andy had the capability of going and doing washing all the money, creating the fake accounts, creating the fake individual to do it. I mean, and then throughout it all, like just the patience, the amount of patience that you have to, if, if you want to change the society, you have to have an Andy the Frame mentality. You have to be the most patient person in the history of the universe. And you have to just be constantly waging that war, taking a little bit out into the yard, you know, every day and dropping it. Are you talking shit to me? I'm just about that. You no, know, I'm talking shit to anybody that would be listening to us <laughs> about that. What are we doing? Well, I don't know, but I've been pretty fucking patient. Not shit has changed. As a matter of fact, it's gotten worse, dude. Yeah, he did it for you. you you're just, you're, you're, I mean, you, you got to be more patient than that, motherfucker. Well, he went in and uh, eight. No, that was when. Uh, that was when. Uh, the one that killed himself. That was out too. Was it out too? Yeah. It was much later than that when Andy went in. It was yeah. the 30s, I think. 
Late yeah, because by the time that kid went in, he'd been in there about 30 years. <laughs> yeah, the rock and roller. <laughs> that kid was funny. We liked him almost immediately. I love that movie. Because I don't really know how to approach anything except for in that way. You know, the, the system is just so, so big relative and our space in relation to it is so small. I don't know. It just, it seems to be that. And like when I wrote the letter to the postmaster, when I was talking shit to him a few years ago, my second to last paragraph said, you know, we can fix this, but we're going to have to crawl, crawl through a river of shit for 500 yards. just like Andy Dufresne. I wrote that in the fucking, in the letter, you know, because that's what it feels like, you know, I, I love it. And the concept of, uh, uh, I, they, they illustrate the concept of, um, what's the, um, what the kids went through, um, the pain, the trauma, trauma. The, the concept of trauma is there, but it doesn't destroy him. You know, he, he, he keeps his eyes on the prize when he, they put him in the hole after he plays that fucking music and everybody's standing there fucking listening to it, which of course is the scene that they show most when they're like talking about the movie. They can't take it away from me. He, right he didn't break. Neither uh, did Red. More importantly. Red kind of fucking broke. He's the one that told Andy hope is a dangerous thing. But then he waited and he broke his parole and he went and found him. Right, but that never mind, dude. I'm going to interpret a little different than you. Okay. I, I know that he finally did say, fuck it, I'm, I'm done. But it wasn't until he saw Brooks was here carved into the fucking ceiling that he said, fuck this, I'm not institutionalized. I got this fucking postcard from somewhere in Texas. I'm going to buy a That's bus ticket. That's he that. Yeah. While he was still in prison, he thought Andy was crazy as a motherfucker and told him hope is a dangerous thing. And he went to San Joaquin. I know. Another See, fucking stupid Hollywood ending. And don't get me wrong, dude. No I love Shawshank Redemption. Uh -huh. It's a great movie. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't buy that both of them fucking escaped and ended up on the beach. Well, and that's why I always. Andy escaped. Well, right. But I got paroled. He escaped. He got paroled. What do you do when you break parole? So now you really want to get into you a fucking lawyer? I am a lawyer. I said that he broke parole. I said that he. I said right. that he made so the he choice. escaped. 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 <laughs> Scared folks. Escaped. Red made the choice, <laughs> and I get that it's a Hollywood ending, you know. But I mean, I like that Hollywood ending better than the one where everybody's fucking holding hands, singing "Kumbaya," and they've all got a nice house and they all got good money. They're still not liberated, but they're as liberated as they can be based on where they came from. The first several times I watched it, and probably even to this day, I still get like this sunken fucking feeling that when Red is walking down the beach, that one of the two of them is going to wake up or they're going to get fucking stormed by FBI agents or any fucking <laughs> thing, dude. Because, I mean... You should make your own movies, dude. Where the ends are just one end is more nightmarish than the other. Like you're at the you're at the peak. You're like at this moment, like where like everything's perfect, 
but then you're like standing on the precipice and you just get fucking pushed off and your head gets split open at the bottom of fucking falling on rocks. Right. I don't know what it is. I just have this bad fucking feeling every time. And this isn't a prison movie either, but you know that movie Chef with John Favreau? I've not seen the movie. I know, yes, I know what it is, but no, I've not seen it. It's it's not a depressing movie at all. It's supposed to be upbeat, whatever. The first two times I watched it, I swore something bad was going to happen. And I had seen the motherfucker all the way through. It's just, I don't know, maybe... I need to be deprogrammed. I think what I think you need to do is just get a big tattoo on your forehead that says jaded. <laughs> I am a little jaded. There is no doubt. All right. So we are at a minute 12 or an hour 12. Sorry. An hour and 12 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've gone pretty far. Um, so next week, Wednesday ish. Yeah. Wednesday ish. We're going to talk about the drug war. The drug war. that Specifically the drug war. Not just drugs. Not just, you know. Well, and that. some of that is going to tie back to the drug policy I, one we did. I understand. But no, I'm but, just telling them. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Yes, for, for you guys. It's like when I was saying the thing about spirit and the, 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 the human spirit. That well, I, was no, I seriously thought you were talking shit to me because maybe you're like, you maybe you were projecting in that moment, saying, "Dude, I told you, I, I I am just about done. I don't have much human spirit left. I need to go have. If I could huff a, like a a balloon of what the the the, the laughing gas, you know, and it had some spirit, human spirit in it, you know, nitrous, nitrous. If you had a nitrous human spirit huffing balloon for Brian." It, it's not going to solve everything, but it might get his head turned. It just like change that assemblage point just enough so that like his attention like opens up. There is no doubt this well has run dry. <laughs> um, the drug war. So drug war and then probably drug movies. And again, some of them are going to kind of cross over. Maybe we can talk about them a little more. I didn't talk about South Central. Um, we're going to talk about drug culture in that context too, like with the drugs of the drug war. And then I think following that, we're going to talk about gangs and violence and how, well, basically we could have fucking stopped it all, but whatever. Um, all right. Phone number? Uh, 720-334, roll. Roll, roll, roll. Short Bus Debate Club at yahoo.com. We will see you next week.